Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. My name is Jeff Summers, again, uh, joined by uh, my distinguished colleague, Matt Bennett. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hello, Matt. How are you uh, this morning? Good, good. I-, I was thinking maybe we should like start the podcast out with things podcasters usually say, like, uh, oh, we'll give us five stars on iTunes or... Uh... <laughs> Tell all your friends. Or, yeah, right? <laughs> I want to make up a sponsorship, but I might really get in trouble if I do that. So I'll let that one go. But right? it, it's, it's good to be back with you, my friend. <laughs> you too. You too. Right before the weekend. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, I think we did a good job. Hopefully everybody's recovered a little bit from uh, the science <laughs> overload from the last episode. Hopefully they've had a chance to digest it a little bit. Um, and I think you know, today following along with a book, hopefully everybody's had a chance to read Matt's uh, free book. If you go to optimalhrv.com, you can have access to healing with HRV. Um, so we're, we're getting into the concept of, of states and traits. Yeah. You know, so we've talked a little bit about what HRV is. We've talked about um, you know, the benefit of it, why it's so important, uh, the science behind it, proving that it's not just you and me, crazy, two crazy guys telling everybody they need to be interested in this. Um, so we know the science is solid. We know it's been around for a long time. We know it's a really good indicator of our overall health and our ability to cope with and recover from stress. Um, so, you know, let's kind of continue to take it a little bit further into the everyday life uh, for folks and, and talk a little bit about states and traits. I, I was really interested in reading the book and talking to you about it yeah. because I've never really distinguished the two. And it's kind of funny because it's, they're very different and yeah. it, it should be very obvious and it should be very logical that a state is where you are in a moment in time versus a trait that is sort of who you are as a person. Um, but I think often they can sort of get confused and most people are, are more focused on the traits than the states, but mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a, a habit that you form. You do something for a long enough period of time and it becomes a habit. If you're in a specific state for a long enough period of time, it becomes a trait. And, Absolutely. And, Good and job. Wait, wait, I think you covered all my material. <laughs> I, I read the book, man. I told you. <laughs> so anyway, I, I always like to throw my, cause I, I'm coming from the, perspective yeah. of probably a lot of our, our listeners right is, is yeah it was new to me as of a year ago where you've done a ton of research and so you know for me that was very enlightening and so i, I guess i'll kind of let you dig into it a little bit deeper and and we'll just kind of go from there yeah and, and this is like an interesting back-to-back with like the neurobiology the polyvagal stuff of last time because we're just going to get practical uh really quickly with this one so let's sort of you, you know you did a great job jeff of uh you're you're a budding therapist o- over there so uh, <laughs> uh yeah so states and traits you know uh, you know and a lot of us think of like of personality traits right and, and that you can hold on to that uh you know but so when we talk about like states we're talking about where we're at in that moment i always like to think about uh, because I did a lot of this thinking um, in my, my previous book of Trauma Sense of Early Education, uh, what, what we ask, uh, let's just think about an elementary school kid throughout their day. Um, and, you know, so you think about the energy you need or, or the emotions or the feelings or the energies you have, a kid has at recess, and then they come in and then there's a different state expectations of them when they sit in a math class. And, and as we get older, you know, you're, you're, you've got some states that you use as a parent, as a spouse, a partner, and, and there's a different energy that, that you take to work. Now, those may be a lot more similar to each other sometimes than a kid out at recess, a first grader out at recess and then in the classroom. But throughout the day, we adapt our state to the environment we're in. Now, For those of you that have listened up to this point, this might sound a lot like homeostasis, and let's connect those dots right now. So, you know, we can also connect the dots from the last training is, 
how stress impacts our state. So, so we have, we talked about the fight, flight, freeze, the, that polyvagal activation, the polyvagal ladder um, that, that we talked about. So yeah, the states are where we are at in the moment, how well we're doing regulating stress, how we're creating homeostasis with the expectations of the environment. And so the, the traits, just to throw this definition, then I want to jump really quickly into what our HRV shows us about this. They're just a longer term thing. So like uh, the habit is a really great example. There's, there's sort of this myth out there that it takes 21 days to, to create a habit. Um, it's really more like 66 days to maybe three months. And I say that because one, the 21 days was just kind of a really catchy thing. Um, that uh, somebody wrote in a paper and it caught on. Um, we, we were saying more 66 uh, to kind of 80 days because we can actually measure changes in the brain to support the new behavior, to support the habit. So, you know, it kind of stinks because 21 days is a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to practice mindfulness for 21 days and then build a habit. It's more like the, the 66 to 80 uh, time frame in there. But you know, when we, so let's think about someone growing up being in a high stress situation. And this is the great thing about us as human beings, but, but it also, and I know we're going to shift into talking about trauma in future episodes as well. So if you took you and I, and all of a sudden something terrible happens, our, our country collapses and all of a sudden we're refugees, right? Now the states that we use every day to succeed in our jobs, to succeed as husbands, uh, for you as a father, all of a sudden, if we're in a high stress sort of life or death situation, we're a very different person in that. We're, we're relying more on that sympathetic fight or flight response. And so what we see over time is that if we're having to survive in a refugee situation, we, we lose our safety security. In that about, you know, over time, we're going to develop new personality traits. So this is where states can become traits. So people that they grow up in uh, trauma, we can actually see their DNA, something called epigenetics. The DNA expresses itself different, and we build traits that allow us to survive long term. So, so we have these things um, in the HRV arena that we're trying to measure is how am I doing today versus our longer term traits of how we're measuring uh, stress and wellness. So this will get us into the concepts of resiliency, um, and stress management as well. So, so Jeff, I just want to make sure I did a pretty good job of defining those before we really break this down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think it, it makes a ton of sense. Um, that, you know, I, I think it's very interesting to take HRV and apply it to this because, yeah. um, you know, you, when you get into a biometric, so many people are just focused on, okay, what's the reading right now? Right. You know? And we're so, so tuned into that because that's historically what all the biometrics have been focused on is what is that state? Um, yeah. You know, what is my state right now? Is it good? Is it bad? And what do I do about it? Uh, right. The ability to apply it to a long-term baseline trends um, really takes it to the next level in terms of how you can apply it. And so I think they're easy to understand what they mean. It's another thing to apply it in the right way. So I think Absolutely. it's- so um, for those of you that uh, are on YouTube with us, I, I want to put uh, my screen up here and, and share this with you. Jeff, do you, do you see the reading there on yours? Okay, I'm going to try for those listening to us to verbalize this as well. But this is, um, and, and I, I almost hate to put this up, Jeff, because we're making some really cool revisions to the app. But uh, <laughs> this, is, this is our current uh, version. And, and I just want to use this, and again, I'll try to verbalize this for those um, that, that are just listening to us and not seeing this uh, uh, on the screen. I'll, I'll put these in the show notes um, at heartratevariabilitypodcast.com as well. So let's walk through this. And I, I'm putting up one of my worst readings up here. Uh, so so I'll, I'll throw myself out if you think, wow, these guys that created this app, they must, their HRV must be off the chart every single day. Uh, not, not so much. I, I think this was... Uh, uh, I was uh, kind of in a recovery from COVID process here uh, when I got this score. So, um, what was the lowest it dropped when you had COVID, Matt? I Just think my lowest ever was a nine. Um, so, 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 so think we, about that from state to trait, right? You're, yes. you're infected with the pandemic virus, COVID nineteen. Um, yes. 
it, obviously everybody knows the effect that it's had on the world. Yeah. But talk about its effect on you, Matt, and the way you felt and the way it showed up in your HRV readings and when it showed up in your HRV. Yeah, well, you know, you hear people, a few things that, and again, I want to be very clear, there weren't tests around when I was sick. So, um, you Suspected know, infection. Yes, I, I've had several medical doctor friends of mine said you had it, uh, but that is obviously uh, not confirmed by a test. But, but the immediate hit of the disease was horrible. Uh, you know, you, people talk about the nightmares, the terrible sleeps, the sweats, had all that for a couple days. Um, then the frustrating part of it is it would kind of go away and I felt like I just had a, a cold for a while. Um, so, so it was like when we were first launching the app, Jeff, I, I would like lay in bed. I knew we had a, like a zoom meeting with somebody. So I, I get up, I throw on the shirt. And I come in and I try to be Matt for an hour and then I go crash in bed. And I did that really for about a month. And, and there were like, uh, every time I started thinking, oh, I about got this kick, I, I would kind of crash down again. And this was one of those crashes. So, so when we look at this, and one of the things that's also useful a little bit, you don't want to focus on this because HRV, um, the, the best way to look at HRV is against your own scores. But population norms, and we go over this in detail in the book, um, can give us some insight as well. So I believe the population average for my um, age and gender is, is around 35. And there's a big standard deviation, and I won't even get into all of what that means right now. Uh, that may be a, a podcast later on, but there's a wide range, in other words. So if you're not at 35, it doesn't mean you're unhealthy, because there's a wide range. This is why comparing it to your individual score is good. But Right now, I have on the screen here, my all-time score is a 40. Now, this has improved a little bit. My reading today, I'm at a 41 point, I'm actually one point higher. Uh, so I've improved this a little bit uh, since then. Um, but, you know, so this all-time reading was about 60 readings at this point. Um, my, again, my, so I look at this 40 versus a 35, and what that gives me some indication of is I'm doing, I'm, I'm in pretty good health for my age. Um, so I'm taking that, okay, I, I'm going to run with that, right? I'm, I'm feeling good about that. I'm trending upwards. Like I said, I've increased that over time by a point. So, so that gives me an idea. And that's about all you want to use population norms for, for the individual. We'll talk about group scores more. But I know if I was like 25 and my average was 35, I might it may be telling me I got to do some work. There might be, there might be also some things that I might want to go to the doctor and just get a checkup because it's significant lower than that average. So, so my all time average, which is what we use in the app as our baseline to measure all these other scores, I'm doing okay. Now this also tells me because my scores were constantly lower with COVID is that I've been doing a lot of focus on self care um, so a lot of that carried me through this time of illness, where I think my theory is I would have experienced a much worse uh, version of the disease as a 45-year-old if I hadn't been taking care of myself and that hyper-focus I have on self-care. So, so my all-time average is showing I'm doing pretty good. Now I'm going to go my latest score. So the reading I took this morning, not this morning, but this, the morning of this reading was 23.5. So again, let me just put a reminder out there, the higher heart rate variability, the better. So this is almost half of my all-time reading. And this was one of those, I was feeling better, feeling better, got a terrible night's sleep. I went, I crashed again. I had that COVID relapse, so to speak. And I were, woke up just feeling horrible this day. So I wasn't surprised that I got this low reading, but what is this telling me, Jeff? It's telling me that my body is really struggling to manage stress. My trait, I wouldn't say stressed out here, but the stress of the right. illness was pulling me down. I, I, this is, you know, I'm kind of working on this a little bit of analogy of like how much gas is in my tank for the day. This is showing me I don't have much to give. Uh, it's kind of like I'm right on that red line on, on your gas tank in your car with this. So this is a, a real alert to me. And you see in our app, we give trends here is like, this one is, hey, dude, you're in red. Uh, you better watch it today. You better find areas to take breaks. You better implement those self-care skills. 
if you're going to do any activity, it's probably walking today. It's not going for a run. Try to eat healthy. Do everything you know you need to do to get that back recovered. So this is the cool thing right off the bat, Jeff, is that what, what we can do with HRV is my, my uh, trait is measured by that all-time average. And again, HRV gives you a little piece of information that I'm doing, I'm outperforming my population norms. So my trait is one of overall health. Uh, you know, and I feel good about that. I'm not going to brag about it too much, but you know, yeah, I'm getting up there in age and I'm doing, I, I've got the HRV of a 35 year old. Uh, you know, you I'm go. almost a millennial. I'm almost got that Jeff millennial HRV uh, <laughs> that, that I know he loves it when I call him that. Um, you know, so, so, but it also tells you about my state that day is not very good. So, so this is where this really gets pretty powerful. Now, the other thing you can look at here is my last month's score is about 46. So, so again, this was when COVID hit. I was doing really good. Um, and this was, uh, again, so you look at that 45, my last month, my last 30-day average, I'm well above population norms right there, right? That's kind of the HRV, Jeff, of like a 29-year-old, right? That we can all be <laughs> a little bit jealous when we get up into that range. So what it was saying is because of my low COVID scores, my, my, my last month was doing really good. Uh, but again, you look at that 23 compared to the 45. And again, it just shows that, hey, I'm really not doing good. I have very little gas in the tank. Um, we also say, which I think is really interesting too, is you can do your current reading or your latest versus a previous. So, you know, you, you look at this and I went to bed as a 40 the night before. Um, that, that's really kind of where I was in and out in COVID again, a little bit below my, my averages. Um, but I was doing okay, but a bad night of sleep and that disease, that virus kind of hit me again. And I saw, I didn't get the restorative nature that I usually do during sleep. Now we can also use this to measure before and after a work shift. So where was I, where was my state before the work shift? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to flip to another, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to flip to that one yet. So, so I'll look at this. Let's just pretend that instead of COVID, I had a tough day at work. So let, let me, let me just reset this. Let, let's pretend I took a, my latest reading was, uh, after work, my previous reading was before work. So if, if I look at this reading, just as an example, my previous was 40, which means I was going to work that day, what we would call with our app in the green. If I took my latest reading after work and it was a 23, what, I, what that would tell me is my body was really struggling with handling the stress of the work day. Same thing could be said for a long run. Same thing could be said if, if you've got a sick kid at home. So the other thing HRB does is, okay, here's my pre-score reading, here's my after-score reading. And you can, we'll, we'll talk about tags later on as well, but this, this allows us to really measure this. I, I've been paying a lot of attention, Jeff, in the last few days of how does my morning routine improve my HRV score? So I take one when I get up in the morning, then I sort of have this healthy supplement. Uh, I eat this horribly tasting but very healthy shake that I make. Um, you know, ha have, have a couple things of caffeine, take the dogs for the walk to get some of that Colorado sunshine, um, then do a mindfulness movement meditation for about 20 minutes. What I see is from my wake up score to my, because I've been tracking this for about two weeks now, from my post mindfulness score, I can raise my score by about 20% with my morning routine. In other wow. words, it's kind of like stopping on at the gas station on the way to work and filling up. So, so when I do check in, log into work, uh, because a lot of us are working from home right now, I actually have more fuel for the day. So, so again, we can start to measure the positive or negative impacts of either stressful events or recovery wellness things that we're trying to do. So one more thing, Jeff, and then I wanna, I wanna get questions and thoughts um, and clarifications that we could give here is, yeah. the other piece that we have is the last week reading here. So, so really to break this down, and this is, you know, the, the HRV gives us enough science to say, while these are pretty generalized statements, they're also pretty accurate, especially if you're taking readings every day. So my latest reading tells me, how am I doing right now? So how's my state right now? 
the last week or seven day average tells me how am I doing this week? So, you know, you can look at the, the seven day averages. Okay, that's gonna measure a lot of different states that I've had throughout the week. That gives you a good average of where we're at. Again, if you look at my reading that's up here, my last week average was 52, Jeff, right? Now I've got like the HRV of a college kid. Uh, again, this was when I thought I was getting over COVID uh, and then again, I crashed. So, so again, everything was trending in a good direction for me and boom, this hit again. And so, so you've got, how are you doing today? Or how are you doing right now? How's your state? Um, how is your states over a week? What's that average? So how are you doing this week? How are you doing this month? And then that all time average, again, this all time when I took it was, how have I been doing over the last two months? Um, so it kind of gives you that information. Then that can start to hit, how is my trait for handling and managing stress. So how, how is my, you, again, we talked about personality traits. How is my personality trait and how's my biology adapting to the level of stress in my life over a period of time? So then we can start to get some insights into that, that trait uh, uh, piece here. So, so again, this one little number, because of all the science that backs it up that we've talked about in previous episodes, gives us great state and trade information. You can follow this again, trending over time as well. So again, this, this reading that I have up right now, my weekly average is gonna push up my all time, just gradually, it's not gonna be great jumps, but it's gonna push that up over time. Um, but that, so, you know, again, how are you doing this month? How are you doing this week? How are you doing right now? So, so again, this one little number gives us so much uh, to look at and think about. So. I went over that pretty quick, Jeff. So what, what questions? Yeah. Uh, well, so I think, no, I think this is great. I think this is the first time a lot of people are actually seeing HRV scores. And yep. I think that's probably bringing a lot of the things we've talked about um, into context. But, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot, and one of the things we're passionate about is not only bringing this data to the individual, um, because it's obviously it's important for all of us to know uh, this about ourselves and, and implement strategies to, to continue to increase that score as best you can, or at yeah. least maintain it. Um, but one of the other things that we're, we're really focused on at Optimal HRV is how do we bring this data to organizations to yeah. provide better care, to help with productivity for you know, HR benefits, for the well-being of their, their staff, so maybe talk about the concepts and, and using the scores you just showed, um, you know, if, if you're a provider, um, you know, at a, a nonprofit, for example, how are you going to use that to provide better care for your, your patients? Right. Or if you are a manager, how are you going to utilize this data to ensure your folks are happy and productive? Because yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a, it's a tool that's not really being utilized in those ways right now, which is kind of surprising to us. And it's, it's something that, that can be really beneficial to folks in those worlds. Yeah, great question. And maybe we can hold off the groups part of that for, for the next episode, because I think that that, I really want to explore that in more detail. So, so let's put that, that out. But let's talk about the individual when we look at this, because I think the group gives us a lot of really cool insight. I think equally as cool insight as well. So when we look at the individual, let's say I'm a therapist, you can replace therapist with a medical doctor, a, you know, wellness professional, chiropractor, massage therapist, you know, but, but, but I'm in that treatment uh, kind of thing. So, so let's say, you know, Jeff, you're my client, I'm your therapist, uh, we're, we're using HRV. So as a therapist, what am I looking for? So you're probably coming to me for some concrete reason. And most reasons, you know, and, I, and again, I hyper-focus on the trauma things professionally, but most reasons why folks seek a therapist is something to do with stress or energy. You think about, we talked about the sympathetic overactivation of the sympathetic fight or flight, uh, part of our autonomic nervous system, which more of the anxiety disorders uh, more activation of the dorsal vagal, which is more in your gut, being more the depressive disorder. So, so, you know, even if you think about something like depression, you may not, well, that's not necessarily stress-related. 
but but it but it is you know when we think about stress on the nervous system and that will show up in HRV scores um, as well. So let, let's say you come to me because of anxiety, uh, because you've got this crazy business partner who comes up with all these six new ideas every day, and he's just driving you crazy. So <laughs> so you're coming in with anxiety. So so let let's say you know you 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 are uh, a, a generation behind me. Uh, so so let's say you know your average. I don't have it up in front of me, but. But your population norm average is, let's just say, 29. That, that, that's, that's that, you know, kind of, you know, millennial uh, uh, group there. So, so you, I, I know that that, and you come in and your score is a 22. That like your first seven-day average, you're taking this every morning, and, and I see a 22. So, so that gives me some information, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're significantly at that point below your baseline. And the, I'm just going to use you as an example. I know you're a fairly healthy human being. Um, you try to be active as much as you can with two young kids at home. Uh, I've eaten your food before. It's usually both delicious and healthy. Um, and, and so I know that you're, you're probably physically okay. I might have you go. This is a different thinking for a therapist. Maybe go get a physical to make sure that there's not other medical issues going on. If you if you're maybe struggling with like pre-diabetic symptoms, uh, maybe heart issues. I, I might I might want to check just to make sure because as we said, uh, heart rate variability pr can predict nine out of the ten leading causes of death in the United States. So so I might want to do that, which is again a different thinking for me as a therapist. But hey, maybe maybe if there's a bigger medical issue. Um, we address that and then I can help you handle the stress management as well. But let's say you go do the physical, everything's okay on that regard. So, so now I'm going to do an intervention with you. Let's just say I'm going to do some cognitive behavioral therapy and help you create a self-care plan to, to uh, really manage your stress with your crazy business partner. So now as a, as a provider of wellness service, therapeutic services, again, this can be in the medical arena as well when you do a treatment or provide a medication. If I'm doing my job, Jeff, and you're following our treatment plan, so to speak, if I can use my, my uh, vernacular, I better and you better see improvements in your HRV score over time. So as a therapist, I get that seven-day baseline. I'm seeing, okay, you, you need to be close to the 30 range. You're in the low 20s. My intervention is cognitive behavioral therapy and a self-care plan. Um, how is that improving over time? So, so I'm going to want, I'm not going to be wholly concerned about your daily readings. We'll talk about exceptions of why you might want to be concerned about that with different folks. But in this example, I want to see your seven day score gradually improve over time. I want to see your, your monthly score when we start to get to that level of information creep up into that 30 range to your baseline. So one, it gives me um, as a professional, how effective are my services at helping my client, my, my patient, my consumer um, uh, establish the level of, of health possible. So, so it gives me a way to track my effectiveness and your progress in care. Now let's say I don't see any movement on that. Um, maybe cognitive behavioral therapy is not right for you. Maybe, maybe I want to do some maybe more mindfulness oriented uh, therapeutic approach. So one of the things as a therapist I was always really frustrated with is I would interact a, a therapeutic intervention. I didn't know if it was working or not. I, I got really no feedback. Now, you know, I work with a lot of like uh, kids in the criminal justice system. If they didn't get in a fight that week, eh, that's a good data point. But it doesn't necessarily say my cognitive behavioral therapy approaches are working with that individual. So it gives me ideas that I can say, okay, this hasn't, I've, I've not seen any improvements in Jeff's scores over two weeks. I need to adjust my approach uh, with that as well. And at the same time, Jeff, as my client, you're getting feedback every day and focusing on your wellness as well. There's, there's that, uh, I think it's Parson principle. I, I, I hope I'm uh, getting the name right of, you know, basically what you measure improves over time. So I'm also getting you to focus on your wellness every day, tracking your own HRV as well. So, so I'm supportive in that. I just want to throw out there, if I saw a crash in your score, and let's say instead of anxiety, you come to me with a severe depressive episode. And I see, and you, you mentioned that me, I'm not suicidal right now, 
but I've had suicidal thoughts in the past. And all of a sudden, I see that 21 drop into the 15 for two days. I'm probably going to drop you a text, give you a call. And this is something that's therapist. If you didn't reach out to me the week between our meetings, I had no idea what was going on with you. So I see that two-day drop with someone who I know has had suicidal ideation, ideation in the past and is dealing with depression. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and say, hey, Jeff, I've seen your scores drop. How are you doing? Because I want to make sure that you, that isn't a sign that your depression has escalated uh, and that you, I want to maybe do a suicide assessment with you. Uh, I know one of the passions we both have for this is also if you're someone struggling with substance abuse addiction, the crash might be, and I say might be because a crash can happen for a variety of reasons, might be an indication that and we know one of the biggest causes of relapse is stress, not sleeping well. You know, there's all those indicators. Call you up and offer that support. Maybe I preemptively can address and give you support so those self-harm, relapse, other negative behaviors, uh, such as an abusive or violent event, uh, that we can uh, stem that before it happens. So from the clinical perspective, all of a sudden, Jeff, I get to see what's going on inside your skin, right? And so I can see how my intervention is impacting your state. And if you're in my care enough, which hopefully with a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, especially with this situation around anxiety because your coworker's driving you and that sort of thing, hopefully within, you know, maybe six weeks to eight weeks, that, that may be all the therapy you need. You may not need to go on for a long period of time. But I can, as part of your aftercare plan, keep you on the HRV monitor. Maybe we check in over the phone, over Zoom, just once a month to check in, see how you're doing, talk about your HRV scores and how that's really reflected in your state. So if we do that, I'm hoping this all-time score, again, over time, give us enough data, that now becomes your trait score, that that's also increasing and pushing up to that population norm over time as well. So from the clinical standpoint, this is why I created this app because it's like, you know, I, I, I need to get this to clinicians. I, I need to get this to medical providers. This information can inform our care in ways that previously uh, we just didn't have any way to look inside the skin to say, how's this person's nervous system reacting to stress, trauma, my intervention, my, 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 my plan for this individual. So all of a sudden we get a level of outcome measures that uh, we just never had in the history of, of psychology and uh, a lot of other uh, wellness and healing professions as well. Powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, thinking about the ability to predict relapse and, and self-harm and that kind of stuff before it happens and how many lives can, can be saved as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And um, I think the best part of it is being able to, you know, apply this to everybody's individual daily lives as yeah. well as their, their work lives to make everything better, you know, yeah. and, and this gets into all, I mean, we talked about sort of the, the healing professions, client patient relationships, but it yeah. also gets into my world as well and, yeah. and productivity and employee satisfaction and turnover and you know all of the sort of bottom line stuff that the business quote-unquote business world is focused on absolutely um there's a ton of overlap but i know we'll do some some future episodes on, yeah. on all of this but i thought it, it would be a good time to at least introduce it while we were talking about the states versus traits because like you said um you know in specific circumstances a state is very important to know yeah. and and a, an application like this that gives the individual the information, but also their care provider at the same time becomes, yep. like you said, a, a very huge shift in, in how they can provide care. Absolutely. And so let's look at that because, you know, another thing, you know, and, and for, for our non-mental health folks out there, um, I'm, and we'll, we'll talk, a little, we'll bring this into future podcasts, but, you know, I really, you know, my work is focused around how do we help people with trauma or the most intense stress, which basically overwhelms our ability to, to, to cope, to, to really recover. But part of that really quickly, what I realized is our ability to help folks in the clinical world was our own focus on our self-care. A burnout traumatized helper uh, is not going to be able to provide the care, someone struggling with trauma, addiction, all these other issues that walk into our office every day. 
I'm not going to be able to give you what you need because my body is not handling or recovering from stress as well. But, but with the exciting thing, and, and we, we intentionally did this, is this can be generalized into any industry uh, where productivity, um, stress management, uh, social engagement is important to outcomes. So, so let's think about this Absolutely. from the professional. Yeah, church, big time with that. So, so, you know, one of the things I think a lot about is, is burnout, um, you know, because, you know, we know, I'll just list them off, the seven top categories for burnout. Uh, number one, physicians, two nurses, three social workers, teachers, four, principals, five, lawyers, six, police officers, seven. Um, basically, everybody I work with. A lot of with, stress. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, those are some stressful. Uh, yep. Those, stressful. That's everybody in the rooms, though, or the virtual rooms now that, that I train. And so, you know, burnout has always been something, you know, I've been in the helping healing profession myself. I know it's a struggle. And we can talk about the why we burn out in, in later episodes. But the thing that I was really like, how do we give people feedback on how work stress is impacting their state's and traits because work stress doesn't leave your body magically when you walk out of work just like if only right yeah stuff from your personal life doesn't leave you when you enter work and i know both of us have home offices so there's no way we're escape you know there, there's there's no second body second brain that i get to do when i shift from uh matt the uh author podcaster trainer to matt husband spouse the guy who's in charge of cooking dinner at night right there there's not that different brain and body i can step into so let, let, again let's keep this at the individual and then we can on our next episode take this out to the group level so as maybe a manager or as the individual getting it um this is where i really think that latest and previous really has uh, a lot of power is if i take a reading before work and let's just say i work a typical kind of nine to five shift just to make this all easy. So I wake up in the morning and I take my uh, HRV score. And, um, you know, let, let's say it's, it's good. Like I said, my, my all-time average is a 41 right now. So uh, my reading today was, uh, I'll brag about it a little bit, yeah. Uh, it is a 48, Jeff. I, I was pushing <laughs> up there to the 50s again. I'm pretty proud of that. So, so, so I got up, I got a 48 today. Um, but let's say then I have a really hard day at work and I take a reading after work and I drop down to, let's say, uh, let's say I'm at that, you know, 30 level. So, so I know the workload has stressed my body, my mind out enough to see that significant drop almost in half of my HRV. So I know as I'm going home, I'm carrying around, I'm carrying with me the stress from the day. My body is, my mind is. So the question then becomes, what do I do between now and when I go back to work to get my score back up to my baseline or above? And so that's where really, you know, we'll get into this detail. I like to think about self-care as reactive and proactive. What do I do every day? So if I get COVID, I'm starting out at a place of health. Uh, you know, and I think my HRV scores over my time with COVID really showed it knocked me down, but I bounced back up pretty quickly. And it may have knocked me down again, but I was able to maintain a, a fairly healthy HRV throughout that. Tough days of work, and uh, Jeff and I can both attest to uh, travel and what that does to everything, right? Uh, I think the NBA is interesting is, you know, they're like, you know, it's amazing when we don't have to go up to 30,000 feet after a game. You know, you want the worst thing you can do for a mental or physical That's about recovery. Go up to 30,000 feet. You want to make it even worse, uh, get, uh, I know Jeff and I are both frequent flyers, so uh, I don't know about uh, United, Jeff, but Southwest gives you free drink tickets. You want to do like <laughs> the worst thing possible for your health to recover? Have a drink at 30,000 feet. Right. Uh, or a drink at the it, bar before you get on the plane and exactly. then another one. If you ever had a drink at 30,000 feet, it hits you. Uh, living in Denver, we know that uh, we have those friends come up from sea level and, uh, you know, it doesn't help that our beer is like 8% up here anyway, but it can knock you on your butt pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do we recover from that? So, you know, I go, I know I go on a trip, my score is going to drop. So, so one, I want to keep my all-time average up here So because I know it's going to drop after a, a long trip and training. 
but it allows me to track that going back up. Now, if I see a drop in my week, let's say it's a 20% drop of my week versus my all time. So I'm gonna do ugly math in my head here, not get calculated out. But my average is around 40, so let's say my last week's average is, let's say around a 32, for example. I know I might be pushing in my, in my model of burnout the first days of exhaustion. I, I might be dancing at the edge of those state, initial stages of burnout. So that's going to send me a message. Um, I better do something uh, not drastic. I don't have to take a month off work, but I might want to schedule a three-day weekend. Um, if I've got a weekend coming up, I just might want to make it very healthy. Uh, do some light exercise. Eat well. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a whole episode, episode on alcohol at some point at 30,000 <laughs> sea level, uh, you know, but I might want to do the, those really good things so I can have that recovery process. So as the individual, I get feedback each and every day is how is work and it's also how is life impacting my ability to bring that kind of full tank of gas to my work environment. From the manager perspective, and again, we, we can look at groups in the next episode because it tells us a, a really great level of information about the wellness of organizations and teams. But in, individually as a manager, I don't quite take the role of the therapist because those are different roles and I don't want to confuse the two. Right. But from an HRV perspective, I know, Jeff, if your HRV is high, I'm going to get more out of you. Right? Yeah, your productivities. Yeah. Right. We talked about you want a productive employee, you want them in their prefrontal cortex and ventral vagal, right? That you, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go nerd out with us on that or get <laughs> chapter one of the book, right? That's going to make you, and I, and I know you do a lot of sales stuff. So obviously, sales is an, a mixture of intellectual and social interactions, right? You can have a great product, but if, you, if they don't like you, they, they may not buy it, right? You just lowered your opportunity to make that sale. So, you know, I, tell me a job where a cognitive, social, emotional regulation, stress management isn't important. Now, certain jobs might have higher, like as a therapist, my social engagement and cognitive engagement are going to be absolutely key on that. And I got to also keep emotionally regulated, obviously, as well. If you're doing construction, Maybe, depending on your construction job, the social piece isn't as bad. But boy, if you make a mistake, whew, there, there can be some costly things that happen uh, for your safety and others as well. So as a manager, again, not a therapist, but I want to make sure that you as, as uh, my staff member are coming to work each and every day. I also want to know how is work affecting you? Because I also want to create a work environment where I'm helping you manage stress. Now that might sound like, an, oh, Matt's such a, a therapist. Real managers don't think that way. <laughs> no, I want but you to handle stress well because you're going to be more productive. Productive. You're, you're gonna not going to burn out. You're, you're going to close that big sales, right? So <laughs> I want you, I care about people. That, that's, that is my default place. But I also want to give, you know, as, as somebody who's managed a lot of people in the nonprofit arena, I know your HRV score is going to tell me, am I putting a healthy person across from our clients, our consumers, our patients? Um, and you can replace that with potential clients. Um, right. You know, if you're doing customer service, you know, that, that sales, where we're talking to a lot of call centers who are interested in this. Because again, as a measure of productivity um, and social engagement, HRV is the best thing out there to measure this. So, now, as a manager, I may, I may do a wellness initiative, right? What um, can and, you do you know, to and, Yeah, and so we're right. going to invest a little bit. Um, I love it how in the business world, these mindfulness rooms keep popping up. Not because we're becoming Buddhist, because they're improving productivity. They're improving the health and wellness of the workforce. They're getting better business results for taking this room offline for traditional business purposes and giving a place for people to go meditate for 20 minutes. Um, so we, we created this mindfulness room. Maybe I'm gonna allow one group just to test this out, to have access to that for 20 minutes a day. Maybe I'll do a little bit of a control group with another area of my, my business. Is that mindfulness room improving HRV scores? Um, if, if not, why not, right? It gives you, doesn't tell you why, but it gives you the ability, I need to ask this question. 
is our investment paying off? If you do a lot of people like the bigger, biggest loser kind of competitions, well, that, that's great. Is it improving your HRV score? Because, you know, it should, if people are losing weight, that's usually an a indicator of, of health for most of us. So it should improve HRV scores. But, you know, are your wellness initiatives, are your investments in that really paying off when it comes to productivity? And again, HRV is going to give you that measure because, you know, wellness is going to predict productivity, uh, social engagement, cognitive problem solving ability. So even if you're a coder sitting at the computer all day, this was one of the interesting things uh, I liked uh, as this, this, oh, and I'm, uh, you may know the term, Jeff, but I, 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 find, I find the tech world fascinating in so many ways because they have this, like, we're going to work 72 hours straight to get this product out. Like, I love these. I, I forget they're called sprints or something sprints. like that. Yeah. yeah. So the, we're going to do the sprint over this week and we're sleeping under our desk, right? We're doing this. And then we roll out the product and it has millions of errors in it. So yeah, you got a product out, but because you worked 20 hour days, it was a piece of crap, right? <laughs> and so a much better way to do this and probably a much better investment is get your staffing levels at the right point. And maybe this is, I know, I know this is a, a much bigger discussion, get your staffing so you get your people's best minds at this because I'd much rather have a healthy prefrontal cortex working for 10 hours than a burned out prefrontal cortex uh, working for 20. You're going to get more well, productivity and higher quality and, out of that. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about the tech world, let's apply that to the medical profession. Oh, right. You know, bad, bad software is one thing, but, you know, mistakes, mistakes on a misdiagnosis, mistakes on a surgical table. These are whole, wholly different consequences. Yeah. So. I, I, drive, I drive around a, a semi-truck. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, like, Everything. you know, all these, all these pieces, you know, play in. And then there's those high-risk professions right now. And, you know, yeah, those life and death uh, airplane pilot, right? Do you want your, and this is a, I'll just, this might be a good one to, I'll, I'll leave us on a big question here. Uh, but do you want your pilot, if your pilot's in red and 50% of their baseline, do you want that pilot flying your plane? I don't. Now, now, what do we do in that scenario is an interesting question. A police officer, do we want a police officer who's 50% of their baseline going out on parole. There, there are some HRV studies that police officers, this is a no-brainer, but it gets very real and very pertinent to our modern, that um, in those uh, shooter drills where, I don't know, I just have seen them in the movies, like an old lady with a bag pops up, you're not supposed to shoot the old lady with bag, then a criminal with a gun pops up, you're supposed to shoot the criminal with a gun. Uh, officers with low HRV scores do much worse on that test. Um, so, you know- yeah. How do you handle the stress? Exactly. So again, there's a cognitive aspect to that. And, you know, so now what do you do? Because you've got to have police go out on patrol. You've got to, somebody's got to fly my plane because I got to get home or go to the training and I got a whole wallet full of drink tickets, right? You got to get that sucker <laughs> up. I'm not going to get my free uh, margarita until like this plane gets off the ground, right? There's no first <laughs> class on Southwest. So, you know, it, it really opens up some very, interesting questions and even though if you're working as a therapist well therapists can be life and death as well though it's it's less extreme every day than an airplane pilot or maybe a police officer you know uh, uh, a good therapist is going to get better outcomes a good uh, person in a call center is going to provide better customer service um, a bus driver is going to be safer uh, getting you from point a to point b a salesperson is going to close more sales so so sure. this is the the really cool thing about the the platform with optimal hrb is yeah we, we really designed this um around my passion for the nonprofit arena but the science translates so well into to pretty much every environment a family system same sort of thing so from the individual and i, I like i said i'm i almost just want to get in the group stuff but I, i'm going to delay gratification uh, that's right it's we, we've been doing for, this for, for 50 episode, minutes or so, so that's right. Yeah, but hopefully, Jeff, this, this gives our, our listeners yeah. an idea of the real power behind this very simple number, right? Uh, we, we can, we can uh, at least ask the right questions, measure our efforts, understand the wellness, the health of those 
that we're trying to maybe maximize from productivity level or help heal uh, from a medical condition or a mental health condition as well. So um, th this is why we are both so excited about this because uh, you know the the how you apply this, uh, whether it's in athletes, whether it's in high stress situations, whether it's in families, um, it is really life changing in so many ways, and at best life saving for folks too. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this episode was really the the first in the series where we we get into specific examples of yeah. uh, of, of how you apply this to day to day, especially from a uh, professional standpoint. So, you know, we're going to continue to explore that more and more. Anybody who's read the book will, will know that the folks that haven't, um, again, go to optimal HRV, you can download a free copy and, uh, what are we going to get into in, in episode five, Matt? Yeah. So I say, let's look at this from a group perspective. That, that's the one thing that I couldn't get. This is why, this is why in many ways, optimal HRV exists is that I couldn't use the existing applications, uh, at least in any kind of affordable, realistic way to, to help people know. Again, our initial thinking was, how does a therapist know the health of his caseload and, or her caseload and the clients that they're serving? How does the medical doctor understand their, uh, the health of uh, the, their patient load? Is there anybody that they need to be aware of and do some proactive a reach out to. And so the group started for me as I need something HIPAA compliant uh, that, that I can give these helpers and healers that I work with information, daily information on the wellness and of uh, their, their uh, patient client population, as well as the effectiveness of their service. What, what we realized very quickly in our development process, it works just as well for a manager. Um, works just as well for an executive to measure the health of a team, the health of a division, the health of an organization. And that's where, uh, to me, uh, I can put my, uh, uh, kind of take my therapist hat off for a second, put my MBA hat on and uh, nerd out a little bit about the business applications. Again, whether you're a nonprofit or for-profit, the health and wellness productivity of your staff is going to be, if not the biggest driver of outcomes, uh, it's definitely in the top five. Uh, and you would have to argue me that it's not the biggest in most, most scenarios. So, uh, so yeah, so let, let's look uh, next time at uh, the, the group readings. What does that tell us? And we're going to bring those population norms in in a little bit of a more powerful way with those folks um, and keep this exploration going. We'll also throw in a little bit about tags in there as well. I kind of teased that with this one. So I think tags and groups next time. And uh, Jeff, this has been a lot of fun uh, looking at this. Again, as Jeff mentioned, you can get uh, optimalhrv.com. You can uh, download the book, sign up for our email list, um, check out our apps. We also have instructional videos up there as well. And uh, heartratevariabilitypodcast.com is where you'll find uh, the show notes for this episode. So uh, everybody have a good day. Uh, Jeff, uh, happy anniversary to you, my friend. Uh, Thank you, sir. We're, 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 we're celebrating that uh, today as uh, well. So congrats to you and your wife and your beautiful family. And uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at optimalhrv.com. Also, if you visit optimalhrv.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode.